Hey, who in this place excited about some Collide Night next week? Come on. So, if you guys are unfamiliar, you're like, Amir, what's Collide Night? Well, first of all, my name's Amir. I'm blessed to be the pastor here. So if you are a new person visiting Elevation first couple times, we just want to say welcome. This is just a college student and young adult gathering of New Life Church. So Collide Night. So every week it's true. We meet at 8.30 this semester, but there's one night we don't, and that's next week. We're going to meet at 7. So on three, y'all say that time with me. One, two, three. Seven. Because if you show up at 8.30, you're going to be upset because people are leaving the church. It's going to be a bad day for you and your friends. So what Collide Night is, we have this thing called Collide Student Conference. Um, it is about eighth graders to young adults in August. Well, twice a year, we have this thing called Collide Night. So we just emulate that night one night. And that guy that you heard, his name is Mr. Josh Kimes. Anyone remember Josh Kimes from Hill the conference? Well, he is from Hillsong, New York. So he's a pastor in New York, but he's Australian. It's like Inception. So he has an Australian accent, but he dresses like he's from New York up north. It's crazy. So he's incredible, though. He's going to be with us next week. Guys, this is one I need to ask for your favor as your pastor. So yes, there's going to be countless, and the majority of people in this room all across the state are going to be younger than y'all. But this is the one time that you guys got to adopt the heart of the church family, right? And so they're the next generation. So yes, there's going to be a ton of high school students here. I know that. And I just need you to know this is for one night. We're one big family. And you got, they look up to y'all. I don't know if y'all remember when you were in high school, you, you saw someone in college or you saw someone add it into their career. You were like, that's the coolest person in the world. So they already think you're cool. So welcome to New Life Church where the younger people think you're cool. It's, way, it's great. So it's the one time I ask y'all. But we will have the Elevation from Cersei and Russellville coming to join us, the Elevation Nations. So we'll be one big nation. So we'll have college students and young adults from Russellville and Cersei coming as well. So it's the church fam. Seven o'clock, I would bring someone because it's going to be epic. This place will be full, and we're going to worship God as a church family. And then in two weeks, we're going to start a new series. It's called Occupy All Streets. So we're just going to really talk about taking your faith out there. It's going to be incredible. So, but for tonight, you see these beautiful people in front of me over here, um, and they're amazing. Will you give it up for our panel? We'll meet them in a second. Well, come on. You, yeah, I know you love them. They're amazing. So if you're new or if you're wondering what's going on, we're at church. There's couches on stage. <laughs> That's weird. Well, it's different. I know. It's okay, though. Well, we have this thing called a panel, and maybe you've heard of a panel. Um, this is not going to be like the newlyweds game, if anyone's ever seen that. That's a little cheesy and kind of weird at times. But we have a panel, and yes, it is called Young Guns. Well, what's Young Guns, you might ask? Well, once a semester we get, we like to call the Young Guns, so they're leaders within our ministry that are going to speak to you. So yeah, we could have brought some incredible families and people from the church, but man, we wanted to bring a married couple, engaged couple, and a dating couple within the nation to encourage you guys. That's why this is called a Young Guns Night. But what we're going to do, where do we get the questions, you might ask? Well, we had our life group and serve group leaders text their groups, text their teams, and ask for questions. And we got a ton of questions. We kind of consolidated them, and then we made a script. And so we're going to answer a lot of those questions. And if there's any way I can get some questions at the end, I'll try. So you can direct message us on Twitter, and I'll have someone text me those questions. But there's a chance we won't get to get to them. And they won't be fully anonymous, but they'll be anonymous. It'll be okay. This is my one thing I ask from you guys. So these people... Man, they love God with all their heart. They're seeking God, and they're just trying to have a relationship, and they're striving in it. They're doing an incredible job to have a relationship, marriage, engagement that honors God. So some of the things they're going to say, it might challenge your face off. You might have never heard it before. Some of the things you said, it's going to encourage you guys. Some of the things you're going to say is like, man, I don't, I've been wondering what this asks. I just ask that you have open hearts. They have people who love them, who mentor them, who, who strive to have, again, a godly relationship. So again, they're going to say things that are aligned with the Word of God, but it might be something new to you. It might be something that challenges you. So I just ask that you have open hearts. Just because they say something doesn't mean, well, you need to go break up with so-and-so. No, that's not what it's about. But if God leads you to do something crazy, you know, maybe you need to ask someone out that you've been trying to boo up for four months. I don't know, guys. Maybe you should. I don't know. We'll talk about that. But that's what this panel is all about. So I just ask that you guys have an open heart to them. And what we're going to do, we're going to do a quick introduction, and then we're going to jump right into questions because we don't want to waste any time. Is that cool? Let's get crazy if y'all are excited. Yes, the nation. Okay, so starting from the far left. Guys, panel, if you can just introduce yourself, tell us who you are. We're going to say how long you've been together, where you're at, you know, dating, engaged, married, and then tell us what you're doing right now in life. Are you working? Are you in school? And then we'll get into it. Sir. Cool. Well, I guess I get to be the guinea pig. My name is Trevor. I am dating this good-looking girl sitting right here beside me. We have been dating for 11 months, and I work at Axiom. Yeah, he does. 
Um, my name's Sayer, like hair or bear, if you are a UCA yep. bear fan. I've been dating for 11 months. And I'm in physical therapy school. So. Yes, and my name is Evan. Uh, me and Sydney have, we're engaged now, about Come two on. months. Yeah, yeah. He liked it, he put a ring on it. You heard it here first. And good. Uh, we dated for about two years. I am an accountant for student ministry, and you can tell them what you do. And I'm a student, and I've been a student for a really long time, but don't worry, friends, I'm graduating in May. Yeah. My name is Tim. This is my beautiful wife, Carly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've been, we dated actually for a year. Uh, we got engaged, we were engaged for five months. Five long months. Five very long oh, hello. months. Hello. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> we'll get to that too. <laughs> and we've been married for almost two years. And um, what's next? Oh, yeah. I'm an accountant at New Life. So, yeah. Carly, what do you do? And I'm a stay at home mama to my baby Titus. We should have got a picture. She's mom to Titus, that beautiful little chocolate boy you see around here. Yeah. He's beautiful. He's one of the most beautiful kids I've ever seen. So this is our panel. So like we said, we just wanted to give you guys an array of things. So we guys, we know most of you guys are in different spots, but we want to get someone, again, who's married, who's engaged, and who's dating, just to kind of give you all a full aspect of that. Because I know we have people in that, believe it or not, we have people in this crowd right now that are married. We have people that are dating. We, I know a lot of y'all are single. And so here we go. We're going to jump right in. No, 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 no. I didn't mean it like that. Valentine's Day is over. Take it easy, guys. Woo. I almost I'm going to stop. Okay, number one question. Y'all ready? Uh, the crowd's into it. This is going to be too good. Okay, so this, again, we got these from y'all. Number one, how can I find contentment in Christ while being single? It's a, it's a heavy question. I'm going to say Tim and Carly. Okay, um, so this is a very important question. Uh, I think uh, you must change your perspective on singleness. Um, actually... Paul explained it this way, singleness is a gift, um, marriage is also a gift, uh, so dating, um, whether it's uh, marriage, whatever you, you aspire to have, um, like a, a great job or a lot of money, those should not be your ultimate goal in life. Those should not be. Christ should be the center of everything. He should be the one thing you desire more than anything. Um, and, and true contentment comes from trust. I mean, first you have to trust uh, God um, because you don't know who that person is. When you're single, you, it's not like you had a dream and think, oh, yeah, I'm going to marry uh, Carly. Like, I thought I'm going to marry would be Carly awesome, Watson. Though. That'd you know be awesome if you had a dream and just happened. Yeah, I know. That would be crazy. But it doesn't happen that way. But... Um, you have to have the faith to believe that God is going to bless you with that person. Um, and, and it's hard to believe God if you don't know him. Um, so the first act is actually obedience. Um, because if you don't obey, how do you prepare? Or how do you know what even marriage is even like? How do you even know to be a godly man as a single man or woman? How do you even know? So you have to trust and know um, God and, and believe that he'll give you that person. So, um, and it, I have an example. It's like uh, you, you cannot get on a battlefield without training. Uh, so everyone knows that it takes intense training in order to fight and get on the battlefield. But if you don't do those things, the hidden things, the, the practical things, the praying to God, to knowing God, the reading a word about situations in life, then how in the world, you gonna die. That's just plain and simple. <laughs> Not literally, but you know. <laughs> no, because the wages of sin is death. And, and, and so you, you, you will die and, and you have to- But there's a cross and it's forgiveness, <laughs> grace. It's yeah, good, Jesus. But, um, here's Carly, she, she has her well, first thing you need to know that an earthly relationship does not bring contentment, and it was not designed to bring us contentment. And um, your desire to be married, which many of us, most of us here do not have the gift of singleness, which means you do not desire to be married, but most of us here do ultimately desire to be married. 
you're, you do not need to eliminate that desire, but your focus on it does need to change. And the, that way you're able to truly enjoy the process that God has to take you through. And we all question and um, wonder why the things that we desire, we don't have them yet. We all wonder why we haven't found the one or we wonder what they're going to be like. or We wonder why so-and-so is on Facebook married with babies and we aren't. And we all have these thoughts, but we don't have to entertain them or dwell on them. And in seasons where I have been the most discontent in my life is because I've noticed that I often wind up there because of the thoughts that I entertained and the thoughts that I chose to dwell on. And Satan, he wants you to think that you'll never get married. And he wants you to think that you're setting your standards too high. And he wants you to think that you're going to be single your whole life. He wants you to walk around and say, I'm going to be single my whole life. And he wants you to go around saying those things because he knows that if he can get you to the point to dwelling on your situation, that you will be too distracted to do what God has called you to do in the moment. And the best way to prepare for a relationship or for marriage or anything like that is to take your eyes off of being married or being in a relationship or anything like that and to put your eyes on Jesus Christ. And you'll see when you do that, your heart starts to shift as your focus starts to shift. And it's like, yesterday I went and got my oil changed. And you know, (laughs) I know, switching uh, it up a little bit. But when when you go get your oil changed, it seems like a lifetime. One hour seems like a lifetime, especially when you have a baby. And you're just looking at the clock and you're like, when is this going to be over? But then when you go, like, let's say, have lunch with your best friend, your best girlfriend, and y'all are talking, you're like, oh my gosh, we've been here two hours. What's the difference? You stop waiting. Your focus shifted. And that is the picture that I want you to get when you picture contentment with God is you stop waiting and your focus changes. No, I love it. That's so good. Come on. And now y'all are all going to hate getting your oil changed. Okay, we're going to keep going. Rapid fire. Number two, what is the most important quality we should be praying or qualities we should be praying for in our future spouse? Evan and Sid. Come on. Most important qualities that they find. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I need to get that out of my system, and I'm sinking into the couch. I'm going to sit up here. So... I'm not trying to cuddle. I'm over. He's right over here. He's sitting over here. Anyways, so the most important quality to be praying for in a future spouse is first and foremost a relationship with Christ. Hello. Um, because that is what directs and guides all of the decisions that they make. It directs their path, and as it should direct their path. So that relationship should be strong. And I think that you should be praying, whether you know who your future spouse is or not, you should be praying, hey, I... God, I'm just praying, whoever that is, whatever, that their walk with you is good, that they are walking with you daily, that they are, if they're dealing with something, that they're still right beside you, that they're praying daily, that they're praying for me daily. They don't know who I am, but they're praying for me daily. Um, Girls, hey, hello. The guy's going to be the spiritual leader of your family. Hello, that's a big deal. Guys, that's a big deal for you. Um, So your relationship with Christ is a big deal, of course. Um, Let me think. Mm-hmm. Walking daily, got a list. rooted in Christ. I wrote that down. Need to make sure I emphasize that. Um, the season that we're in right now is different because we've only been in it for a couple of months, not even two months actually. And so, praise God that I have a man that's walking with Christ daily that waits to hear from him before he makes a decision because we're in the process of having to make these big decisions that we've never had to make before. Where we're going to live, finances. Hello, don't know nothing about that. Um, and we all know I'd be in some kind of place if I didn't have someone that didn't know, okay? Um, so that is a huge thing. That's the most important quality. If. Yeah. Um, I, I want to reiterate what you said. I mean, the most important thing is just a strong, deep relationship with God. But there are some other things that I kind of want to add to that. Um, one of the very first things that uh, attracted me to, to Sydney was her servant's heart. And uh I think that's something that not only you should pray for, but you should look for in someone. And and this is for guys and girls, I think, because anyone that's been in a relationship for very long that's seeking God at the same time would would tell you that um, we are full of selfishness. Would y'all agree with that? And so... Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
And when you can see someone who is kind of sacrificing that and laying down their selfishness for the good of something else, for the, for the, sake, of, uh, for the sake of the Lord or for the sake of other people, they've got a good foundation. You know that they're going to be able to sacrifice those things um, and have unconditional love or, or be able to have that capacity for each other. Um, I would say another thing is you want to see that they have a respect for leadership in their, in their life, who they've given authority to in their life to speak into their life. Um, one of the things that Sydney said is that the guy is going to be the leader of that family, and one thing that all guys need is respect. And so um, and not, that doesn't mean that we're always right or that um, you can't disagree with us. It just that is the way that God created us to be. Um, and then it's also a really good thing that people, that the person that you want to date has somebody that can speak into their life and give them good advice so they're not just doing life alone. Um, and lastly, I would say that you want to pray for someone that has a compassion for the lost or com- a compassion for people that don't know Jesus. Um, I go back to in Genesis when God created Adam and Eve. Um, he gave Adam things to do, and then he gave Eve to Adam to be his helper. And so... Of all the things that you could do in this world, God gave us the task of the Great Commission. And that's the greatest thing that we could do. And so you want, first of all, you want to be on fire for that. But at the same time, you want someone that is going to go with you on that, on that journey. And, uh, yeah, just, just go with you. So that's what I would say you should be praying for. That's great. That's great. Rooted in Christ. Love that. Next one. Ooh, this is bold. I like it. How can a girl show interest without turning into the pursuer? In the same, I heard, ooh. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> in the same way, how does a girl encourage a guy to pursue her in the right ways? It doesn't seem fair that the guy does all the work. Ooh. Come on, guys. Ooh, <laughs> everybody. So this is a toughie. I mean, it was a... I mean, a lot of people ask this question. It's not just the person who sent it in. I've heard this question a million times. Um, And I just want to be bold with my answer right off the bat. And I just want to say that there is no way for a girl to show interest without becoming the pursuer. Showing interest is different than being interested. If you're just interested and you think the guy's cute or guys, I mean, you think the girl's cool. Either way, a girl, that's different than showing your interest. You know, girls, you should not get into a relationship with a guy who is not willing to initiate the relationship because that is their job. God's a give, I mean, God has given us girls the desire to be pursued, and he's also given guys the desire to pursue. And so why should we switch our roles, in my opinion? Um, and pursuing is not just the beginning of a relationship. It's also throughout. You know, the guy should constantly pursue. He should make that decision to seek out the girl and to just adore her for what she is. And that continues into marriage. And Tim and Carly can attest to that, you know, pursuing continues and continues and continues. And that's what God intended. Um, and if the guy isn't willing to initiate the relationship, relationship, see ya, right? See ya. Because that's what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and so girls, as far as this question goes, it just asks how she should show interest without becoming the pursuer. Well, I want to say that Showing interest comes after the guy has taken the action. Once the guy has taken that step to, hey, hey, you're, you're cute, and let's maybe go out on a date. That's not how he did it, but anyways, I'm just trying to make it funny. <laughs> once, the guy, once the guy takes that action into asking the girl out or expressing his feelings toward her, that's when us as women can say, yes, I'm interested, or no, I ain't got no time for that, okay? So that's when the girl should show interest. So also the second part of that question, to remind you, was how does a girl encourage a guy to pursue her in the right ways? And I just want to smash that bug and say you should not be getting into a relationship with someone that isn't willing to pursue you the right way. That is what you deserve, and that's what you need to seek out, and just know that you deserve that. And guys, you deserve a girl that's going to treat you the right way too. This is not only for the women. And so I just want to say that the Bible says to love unconditionally, and, you know, we've read those verses a million times, but 
Loving unconditionally doesn't necessarily mean dating unconditionally. So you have to have these boundaries and these lines and these expectations of a girl or a guy who you're interested in and do not cross those lines. You know, you have to stick to your guns because ultimately you are trusting that God is gonna send you someone that is gonna meet all of those expectations. And do not settle for someone less because ultimately that would be doubting that God has someone out there for you that is going to meet all those things. And so if these, you know. <laughs> Guys, Sarah's fired up. That's good. You know, I just wanna say like, I, I mean, Trevor totally, I mean, I'm bragging on you for a second. He told me not to brag on him, but like, I'm a testament to this and I know Sydney and Carly can agree, like there are guys out there and guys there are women, women out there who are gonna respect your pursuit. And I mean, girls, there's a guy out there that's going to pursue you. You just have to trust that God's gonna send them, so. Yeah. Trevor, you have anything to add with that big boy? Yes. Oh. No. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The last part of that, it says, doesn't seem fair that the guy does all the work. And just like she said, that's our responsibility. So if you're a girl and you're feeling sorry for the dude that you're dating, that he is having to do all the work, first off, you're probably, you're probably dating a boy and not a man. Ooh. So you need to go on and just get rid of that because that ain't how it's supposed to be. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah, I wanna add this. Uh, I'll, I'll bring it back to serious. So there's a lot of countless, let me just name drop real, real fast. I know uh, there's a guy named Matt Chandler. He's a pastor in Dallas that's incredible about relationships. Um, and I know two of my favorite are Andy Stanley and Craig Rochelle. But Andy Stanley talks about, and I'm going to be bold because I'm your pastor, but he sometimes talks about, you know, girls were talking about being pursued, being pursued. But he talks about, hey, imagine if it's fishing and what kind of bait are you throwing out? And that could be attitude, but it could be dress. It could be things like that. So if you get frustrated by the guys that are pursuing you, what kind of bait are you throwing out, if you will? Um, so I know it'd be sometimes these directions, so these guys are going to go after you know, what, what they see and what they want to pursue. And so that's where Sarah's like, hey, we need you to, girls, we need you to be respectful when you do that. But guys, we need you to kind of make the move. So good. Number four, how long should one wait before they ask a girl out on the first date? Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll take this one. Uh, I think it's a good question. I think that uh, a lot of times, as us guys, if we just start getting in a relationship with Christ and we see some of these examples around us, um, there seem to be a lot of rules and a lot of things out there but, uh, that some people kind of try to put on you. And it's hard to know uh, what these answers are. But in this particular situation, I don't think that there is a set standard that you can always go to. I think it's situational. You can't say two weeks, you've seen a girl... Uh, across the way and, and you think you want to date her in, in two days or two weeks or two months, you wait. You can't really say that, but I do think that there is wisdom to be used in, in the time that you spend, whatever that time may be, in between the time you first see that person and the time that you, you date her or him. Or, well, I guess you wouldn't be pursuing her, uh, him. Sorry. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, just like one thing that you would want to do in that time is you can observe that person from a distance. And no, I don't want you to be a stalker, guys. You can't, you can't be stalkers. That's not good at all. Don't be creepy. But you can see certain things about a person from a distance. Um, say, for instance, like the things that we talked about earlier, what we'd be praying for, you can kind of tell some of those things from a distance. Does this person, you know, do they, do they have those things? And you can't fully know that from a distance, but what you can probably tell is if they don't have those things that you've been praying for. And so you wouldn't be able to tell that if you just walked up to someone and asked them on a date uh, the first time you met them or, or a day or two after you had met them. Um, some other things that, that I think are important is um, we have, as human beings, we just seem to have ever-changing hearts. And I think that um, what I mean by that is that I bet that most everyone in this room, if, if I had you raise your hands, would say that you've been in one of these situations where you started dating someone, you were all for it, and then two weeks, three weeks down the road, you're like, how did I get here? You know, what, what has happened? I don't even, I don't, I don't really care about this person. I'm not attracted to this person anymore. And um, that's just because we have desires, things, we have fleshly desires in our heart that we didn't give time to see if they were gonna stay um, I think that it's wise to give some time to see if these feelings are going to be sustained in our lives. And, to, and then as well, the last thing is that anything worth doing is worth praying about. And it takes time 
to seek God on something like this. And so if you're spending all this time praying about what you want in a spouse, but then you don't spend any time in prayer about asking someone on a date, uh, that doesn't seem to line up. And so I know my experience is, not, is that God doesn't just answer most of my prayers overnight or immediately. It takes time for him to show me, um, whether it be through circumstances or, or through mentors, it takes some time. And so I think that those are the kind of things that you want to be doing in that, in that period of time. Um, and I can't tell you, like I said, I can't tell you a specific amount of time. But I know that from being, on, on being there hearing these things before, you can kind of get the feeling that we're being super, super legalistic up here uh, when we talk about stuff like this. And I just want to say that the only reason that we're up here talking about these things is because we have experienced um, some of these relationships, we know, we see people in some of these relationships, and relationships, though they were created by God to be such good things, also have such potential for destruction in your lives, and so we just want to give you advice that things that, that we've messed up, things that we haven't done well, um, and so, yeah, I think that there is no set answer, but uh, those are some good guidelines and things to stick with in that time. Yeah, and one of, our, one of our former pastors, Jay Skipper, he always told us to never make any kind of big decision, whether it's relationship or future, by yourself. And, I mean, this will go with anything they say in the future questions, but so many times, so say we want to pursue someone, we, we haven't talked to anyone about it. And so this can be people you love, whether it's family, side-by-side, best friends, accountability, or mentors, if you have those, people older than you, but we just we make decisions on our own. And I think if we asked someone, they would have been like, no, two days, stop that, you're crazy. So it's good to ask, 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 ask. Okay. Next one. How real do we get on a first date? Hashtag be real. Um, Well, to start off, a first date, I mean, how many people in here have had a first date? Hopefully everybody. Okay, maybe everybody. Um, But going on a first date, it should be exciting. It should be fun. It should be something you look forward to. With that being said, you also have to make sure that you're steering your conversation and what you're doing in that first date in a healthy way. I know for us, when we went on our first date, we didn't know each other at all. Like, we just kind of met each other a few times out here, not really been in any groups together. So we talked about, you know, where you're from, where your par- who your parents are, what's your dog's name, just, just stuff like that. Just kind of get to know each other, really surface level. But that's what we had to do because we'd, we'd never hung out before. So whereas other people, you know, you may be in a group, you may have been around that person a lot. That's going to be a lot different for you because you're already going to know a lot about that person. So what you can take with that time on that first date is to, you know, pay attention to how they are one-on-one as opposed to in a group because people act completely different when they're one-on-one with somebody as they do in a group. A couple of things that you probably need to stay away from are what you want in a future husband or wife. Don't be talking about that. Um, where you want to live, what kind of car you want to drive, houses, and definitely I would strongly encourage you not to bring up past relationships because here's what's going to happen when you bring up a past relationship. If you're a guy and you bring this up, that girl's automatically going to start comparing herself. Did I do that? Did I do this? And that is not something you want out of the first date because that's an insecurity right off the bat. And that, that just don't need to happen. So really in a first date, all you want out of it, you just want to get to know that person better. And then that's what leads to a second date. And if you get to that point, that's great. If it not, it's not the end of the world. It's not the rest of your life. It's just one date. Yeah, come on, Trev. Have fun is what we're trying to say. Take your time and have fun. Okay. Sorry, the Persian came out of me really fast. Uh, lost my train of thought. Okay, we're going to turn it up a notch. On that topic, Tim and Carly, how open should you be about your past with a new, and this says new love interest, so we're inferring that they love them. We're not talking about two weeks drunken love, that whatever that song's about. So I didn't even mean to say that. If you are trying to leave those behaviors in the past, so how should you be open about your past with a new love interest? I don't know if that means boo or the real thing. If you're trying to leave those behaviors in the past, So I think um, you definitely, like you said, new love interests, you definitely should not be uh, very vulnerable, especially during a dating stage of life. Um, But marriage is totally different. Um, You definitely, um, to know the other person, you know you're going to marry that person. During engagement, yes, you do come off and say, things just to get to know each other not I mean even then there's a a a certain vulnerability level if that is proper English um, that you can reach Um, but you you cannot reach but you have to make sure 
that it's, it's not too strong or too emotional uh, because that can hurt uh, both or the relationship and um, for the woman, especially as emotional as she is, not in a bad way. Um, <laughs> uh -oh. Mama bear coming out. It, it's just, it, it's not good. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I just got from that. <laughs> but, You're going to pay for that one later. Oh, man. Yeah, but um, yeah, so marriage, yes. Um, you, you must wait until, until marriage um, to especially get really vulnerable and emotional, um, I guess, if you're talking about that behavioral side of it. Um, Carly, would you like to? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm not going to talk necessarily on specifically with being with a new love interest talking about your past, but I do think there is, mo there is a time when you do need to talk to that person about places you've been and things you've done. For number one, if you're at a point where, like, let's say, engagement, you should be with somebody who is now free, and you should be free. Free enough to at least tell them where you come and what God's done in your life. And I just think the more uncomfortable conversations that we are willing to have, the better, because honest and open communication is key for a healthy marriage. I'm not saying that when you first start dating that you should just lay out all those things, but it's not because you're not free from them. It's just you don't want to bind yourself too closely in a relationship. It's not because you're not free. But I do believe that with freedom and light comes exposure, and you should share that intimately with the person that you are going to be married to or married to. And I just want to say for me, the most important part about me being open about my past for, with, between me and him in a marriage sense is that if one of y'all come up to me and you tell me, I slept with so-and-so and I've done this and I've had sex and I, I've messed up and I'm here and this is the place I am in my life and I know that I have gone through that and I know that I, this may be a divine, a divine moment by God for him to help for me to relate to you. Does that make sense? So if I know God has probably set up this moment for me to relate to you and speak to you, and I can't tell you because I'm so embarrassed and I'm ashamed and I have not told my husband the things that I've done, I can't, I won't tell you. So I miss an opportunity to minister to one of you because I have not yet told my husband. Do you see why it would be important for me to at some point tell him things that I've done because I don't ever want to miss out on an opportunity to do what God's called me to do with somebody else because I have not yet told my husband. So it's not for a new love interest, but I do want to emphasize how important it is to be open with your spouse in the long run. Boom. And we're going to get into this a little deeper. So these next couple questions, we're going to, we're going to dive a little deeper. <laughs> okay, so how far is too far to go physically when you're dating? Besides physical boundaries, this is three questions in one. Two, besides physical boundaries, are there any other boundaries I need to set with my boyfriend or girlfriend now that we're dating? And three, and then how do we get closer as a couple emotionally, physically, while still being obedient to these boundaries and what God has called us to do? Oh, boy. It's this heavy. is a big one. So, boundaries. Um, <laughs> I think every guy in here, when you hear the word boundaries, you probably completely shut off just immediately. I know I did. Like, I didn't want to hear about it. Don't talk to me about it. But n now that we've been dating and seeing how much it rewards your relationship, I would encourage you to at least listen to what we have to say. And you don't, you don't have to do it, but I just encourage you to at least listen and it might help you. So the first part of that question, how far is too far when you go physically? For us, we're not going to do any more than make out. Now, Sarah likes to make out a lot, and I have to tell her no a ton. Whoa. But we're not going to go any farther than that. Um, but what we and what everybody else has to do to be careful when you're making out, it's, it's, how, it's how you're making out, where you're making out, when you're making out, you know, are you making out in each other's bedrooms, stuff like that. That's when it gets, that's when little Titus has come along is when you're in the bedroom trying to make out. Yep. <laughs> I told you we get there. I Tim told said, you. Amen. Amen. We're we get married. There. We get there. Amir, Amir hates me right now. No, not at all. This is awesome. So, We're elevation. We are not the high school ministry. Let it out. Let so it out. We keep, so to keep going, one thing, one thing we do is to keep from being in those situations where we're alone, where we have that opportunity, 
is we don't hang out alone very much. You know, when you go on a date, go on a date. Go somewhere. That's when you have your alone times, when you're out doing stuff together. Go to the movies. Go hiking. Whatever. Those are good ideas. Um, hang out more in groups. You know, if everybody's hanging out and you know all your roommates are going, don't, because you're going to be thinking in the back of your mind, well, you know, if we stay here, we can make out. But go hang out, because that's going to keep you from trying to cross that line. Been there. I'm just being honest. Um, and like I said before, stay away from each other's bedrooms. Another thing you can do is set a curfew. Ours is 11. And to be honest, 11 o'clock sucks sometimes because it's like, you know, we've been here 35 minutes, but now it's time to go. Am I always out the door at 11? No, but I'm at least, I'm at least headed that way. Um, the biggest thing with, with these physical boundaries is that you don't, want your, you don't want your relationship to become physically dependent. Because when you get to that point, you've already gone too far and it's, not that you've gone too far, but it's going to be very hard to correct. And it's very hard to stop being physical once you've started. That's good. <clears throat> well, along with physical boundaries, there's also emotional. Let me hear you, ladies. Hey. Because yeah. we're so emotional. Yeah. Tim. <laughs> Tim Tim's going to hear about this later. If y'all didn't know, we'll send you a follow-up. Come on. <laughs> What happened in the Watson home? <laughs> hey, Trevor has his emotional moments too. Oh. So. <laughs> that was a weird laugh. Okay, anyways, okay, so refocus. Okay, so emotional boundaries. A lot of you are probably like, what was what that? Okay, so I'm gonna be practical and give you a few examples. So maybe sharing the L word too early. Within two weeks, that's too soon. I mean, it's your decision when you wanna share the L word, but. Uh, that's definitely an emotional boundary that you will cross. Um, also, don't discuss future plans with each other. Don't discuss where you want to live. That comes with engagement or marriage. You know, don't discuss where you want to live, how your wedding is going to be, how many kids you want, uh, what you're going to do in the bedroom once you get married. I mean, the list goes on and on. You can imagine. Um, also, <laughs> also... Also, sharing your past relationships, like we've said, that is something that you should not discuss, or we believe that you shouldn't discuss during your dating stage. Not discussing your struggles or, you know, things that you've really struggled with in the past that you're, you've overcome, you know, that's something to discuss later on. Um, I just, a lot of people here guard your heart, but along with that, you have to guard your mind and guard your conversations, and that's where the emotional boundaries come into play. You shouldn't be solely dependent on the person you're dating for your emotional state. That's God's. If you are working on your relationship with God and building that, then that's who is in charge of your emotional state. I mean, you look to him for your confidence, not the person you're with. Um, also, spiritual boundaries. So physical, emotional, and spiritual. Um, spiritual boundaries would include reading the Bible together, um, sending your boo thing a Bible verse in the morning. That's crossing the spiritual boundary line. Um, also, you know, not praying over each other. Praying over dinner is different, you know. Bless his food, bless uh, you know. Amen. But if you're praying over each other for, you know, <laughs> deep needs, that's different. And that's definitely a boundary that you don't want to cross. Um, also, don't have too deep of, you know, belief talks. You know, that's for you to discuss later on. And that's the joy in having a deeper relationship is you get to discuss those things. Um, and so the more and more boundaries you push, the more and more ties you create between the two of you. And when you're dating, there's always potential for breakup. That's why you're just dating and you're not engaged or married. You know, there's always a time that you could break up. And so if you were to push so many boundaries and create so many ties and soul ties between the two of you, then it's going to make it just even harder to break up if the time were to come. And so that's why we want to give you guys this practical advice about boundaries is because it's for your own good and it's really to guard you guys and girls because if you are to break up, it's going to be harder. And, you know, God doesn't intend for that. Um, but also, if you're a couple in here and you know that you've, you know, you've crossed boundaries and all these things that I'm mentioning you've done, it's okay. It's never too late to establish boundaries. So I just wanted to encourage you guys not to feel like convicted right now, but to feel encouraged that this could be the time 
for you as a couple to make those boundaries and to stick to them. You know, it'll, it'll build your relationship, trust me. It'll make it even better, but take this as a time of encouragement and like change your relationship now because this is a fun time of dating and you don't want to tie, you know, even deeper together. So that's what I think Carly's going to add some. I just want to add one thing. Just that, that struck me because when she said, I want to encourage those of you who may, you may, your heart may be just in your chest right now because you feel like I messed up and I'm not leading this relationship or it's not going the way we want to go. We are a product of messing up and starting over and saying, okay, we've gotten off track here, God, but we do, we do love you with every piece of us, every bit of us. And we are a product of saying we, we start today and me and my husband are that. And we had to, we didn't have boundaries and we didn't have a clue what marriage looked like or a healthy relationship, either one of us. And so we didn't know these great boundaries and all that stuff that she's sharing with you now. We didn't have a clue. And so when, when we did find those things out and God did reveal those things to us, we did um, start over. And so I just want to encourage somebody that may be feeling that way that you can. And it's very possible. Right. Yeah, well, and, and uh, the next question, Sid and Ev will get into some more why. But let me say this. So for me, when I was hearing some of this stuff, I'll never forget, I was in a Rwanda trading meeting for a missions trip, and, and our, they were talking to us about the three kinds of boundaries. There's physical, spiritual, emotional, and I was like, spiritual and emotional? This is two years ago, three years ago. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's because guys, naturally, not all guys, but we naturally think physically. And I don't mean the extreme. I, we think, generally speaking, oh, if I'm holding a girl's hand, hugging her, spending physical time with her, Duh, I like her like no one else. We don't think. Well, girls naturally think emotionally, right? And that's their first primary way. They don't think that even though there's the other levels. And then there's the spiritual one where it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. But as guys, we're called to lead. So when we're saying, hey, I've been praying about us going on our first date, to us, we're like, man, we're seeking God. Why? And the girl hears, and it's not a bad thing. She's like, he's been praying about me. And so it's like it's just a lot deeper to a girl, but we are very physical matter of fact. So we're like, well, what's the big deal? I was praying about it. People told me to pray at the panel. I'm praying. Now I'm in trouble for praying. What the heck's going on? I can't date anyone. You know, it's like you get pissed because you're like, what's going on? But guys, it's just, it is that. This is kind of be cheesy, but there's a, there's a Christian rapper named Andy Minio, and a lyric that says, it takes a moment to make memories, a lifetime to forget them. And I don't know if you're like me, but I have a past too. And so you don't forget. It doesn't just you wake up, and, oh, but I don't forget about that girl. It, it just it stays with you. But when we're in the moment and when we're a little bit younger and we're in college or we're out of college and we're working now, we're trying to figure things out, it's really easy to do these things. But then you're going to carry those forever. And so they're just saying, hey, can you be thinking about these different layers of um, intimacy, but we're not trying to be legalists. We're not saying don't date, do that, but you just got to keep these things in mind. So guys, when we're called to lead, we're called to lead in all areas. So if you want to pray with her, you go in your room, shut the door and pray for her, and you don't need her to pray. But when you put a ring on her, you can pray with her, you know what I'm saying? And then when you get married, you can pray with her, you know what I'm saying? So I meant pray, easy, guys, okay? So, hey, and I'll say this, we're getting to a couple more questions that are going to be kind of deeper, but if you want, if there's something, you have a burning question, we might have some time. You can really tweet at Elevation. We will keep it anonymous. But if, one of y'all, if some of y'all are like thinking, like, I have a question, I want to answer a question, I'll, we'll try to answer them, but we're going to keep going. So, and some of the next questions are really going to answer this as well. So, do your relationship boundaries change during engagement phase of relationship regarding physical, emotional, and spiritual? Segway. Um, so I just want to preface this by saying that we have only been in this season, like I said earlier, for a couple months. And so we are still learning what this looks like because we've never been engaged before. Um, so surprise. Um, but I just want to start this question off with the fact that while Evan and I are engaged to be married, we are not yet married and we are not under the covenant of marriage. And so while we are planning our wedding and planning to be married, LOL, don't leave me. We are not married yet. And so what our boundaries in those three realms look like, they look more like this one than they do this one because we're not here yet. We're still over here. Um, yes, the bling bling is on, but the other one isn't. The, the wedding band isn't on. So I was trying to make a jewelry joke, but that I don't really know. Anyways, so... 
again, while we're planning for marriage, we're not yet married. So physically, Evan and I set those boundaries. He set those boundaries um, as the leader (laughs) Um, when we started dating. And so because we're not married yet, because we're not in that covenant, those things don't change. We're still right here with it in this realm. Um, What's the next one? Emotionally? Oh, yeah. Um, Emotionally is a little bit harder because there's not this big clear-cut line of black and white of, yes, we should do this, no, we should not do that. Um, And so it's it's a little bit harder. Um, When Evan and I were dating, we did not talk about marriage at all. We didn't talk about the future. We didn't talk about marriage. And you may be thinking, wow, but it was a real shock when he proposed. Um, It was because I was very surprised, but I wasn't surprised by the fact that he wanted to marry me. We're two years in, and I'm thinking, okay, that's probably going to happen soon, hopefully, because when Evan and I entered into this relationship, we both knew that we were not in this to date just because it's fun. We were in it because we both saw qualities in each other that we wanted in our future spouse. And so two years down the road, yeah, it happened for us, and it worked out, praise God, but um, we're still not at that point. So now we have to talk about marriage because we're getting married. So we have to talk about finances, and we have to talk about where we're going to live, kind of like I talked about earlier. Um, we have to talk about these decisions. Do we sit around talking about what our kids are going to be named? And blah, 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 blah? No, because we don't. We don't need to. We don't need to. We're not there yet. Um, spiritually, kind of like they said, um, we pray at meals. I don't want you guys to be on your next date, and you're like, oh, I need to bless the food, but I can't because there's a girl present. Um, <laughs> bless the food. Please do that and give thanks where thanks is due. Thank you, Lord. Um, but we're not over here like, God, here's the deepest, darkest struggles of my life, and we're like, uh, no, that doesn't happen because we're not under the covenant of marriage yet. My relationship with the Lord, his relationship with the Lord, we're still too independent, and the scripture says, like when you're married, two become one. We are not, we're still his, me, me doing me, him doing him. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, not there yet. What you got, boo? I'll just add just, just a little bit. You kind of hit most everything there. Like she said, the physical doesn't change. Um, in some ways, the emotional and spiritual has to change. I mean, and she gave examples of that, but we didn't really talk about marriage before uh, before I asked her to marry me. And, you know, but now obviously we have to talk about those things. We have to talk about where we're going to live, the financial side of that. Um, but there's still, I, I see it as there are these boundaries when you're dating. And then the boundaries change a little bit when you get engaged. But you still have the, these boundaries there. Um, and then they'll be completely gone when you're, when you're married. But there is, there's, a, there's a raise of the boundaries, but they're not completely gone. So like she said, I mean, we're not talking about um, kids and, and how many we're going to have and what their names are going to be, things like that. Um, and then on the spiritual side, it would be the same thing. Uh, we're not going to sit around and have an hour-long prayer session about our, the, deepest in, in, you know, the deepest things in our lives that we need healing from or, or things like that. But I would also say that, you know, Tim and Carly talked a little bit about uh, what they just sharing some of the things in the past and like being careful with that in dating. But, but another thing is when you get engaged or when you're getting close to being engaged, there does come a time where those boundaries have to be lifted to some degree um, because it would be unfair for you to get married and then all of a sudden unload everything, all these things that you did in your past or all all this stuff that that they had no idea. Well, we're married. You can't go anywhere now. I'm just going to unload all of this on you. And that that wouldn't be right to do. And so, you know, um, this is the time and and, and right before engagement, that's the time where we've kind of, you know, laid it all out there is is who we are, who we've been, um, and we know those things about each other. And so um, lastly, I I wanted to say something that – John Piper said about this, and um, basically, spiritual and emotional, the spiritual and emotional side 
of uh, your relationship is, is kind of the building blocks for the physical. They all move together. They're not, they're not independent of each other. And so the more that you push the physical, the more that you push the emotional and spiritual boundaries, the harder it is going to be to hold off the physical boundaries. And so what John Piper said about that is that he said, don't awaken anything that you cannot control. Um, and I just thought that was really good because there is, you know, the boundaries do change a little bit on the emotional and spiritual side, but there, there is this limit, and you have to make wise, discerning decisions. Once again, it's good, good to have someone that is in that stage above you that you can talk to. Um, but yeah, it does change a little bit. Okay. Hey, how are y'all doing? Are y'all doing okay? Can I, can I answer one from, that someone submitted from the crowd? Or, because if y'all are tired, we can wrap this thing up. Give me a thumbs up if we're good. Turn up. Okay. I think I, first thing came on. I think I'm going to direct this, this one to you, Tim and Carly, and then we'll ask the other one, and then we'll go cl- closing thoughts. Is that cool with y'all? Okay, so this one says, this is a great question. Um, I'm going to paraphrase. If you're waiting until marriage, but your boyfriend or girlfriend has already given that up to somebody else in a previous relationship, how do you address that, and how do you not let comparison creep in from their past relationship? Can you repeat that? Language of origin. It's not the spelling bee, man. What's wrong with you? Just kidding. So basically, someone is in a relationship, and it, it appears that they are holding on to their virginity, but the person they are dating is no longer a virgin, but they're still wanting to be in a relationship with them. So how do they address that? But also, how do they not let comparison creep into the relationship now? They are committed to each other, but comparison's in there. What would y'all say to that? Advice. Well, I think um, the guy should always initiate that conversation. Um, the guy should always bring that topic up about, um, and Timmy, I think, was going to mention that earlier, but that uh, the guy should be the one to say, um, let's talk about uh, I've had sex or have you had sex. You know, that conversation needs to happen. It probably needs to be done by the guy just because he needs to be a leader in every aspect, and that's what we want him to do. We want him to rise to that. But um, uh, do you, first of all, I, I think you should be honest and open about it. I just think you should tell them. I, I think that if they need to know if you've had sex or if you haven't, and that's just something that needs to be talked about. It's not that serious. You just tell them, I did it or I didn't. And, you know, they're not going to leave you for that, especially if y'all are at that, you know, point. And, um how do you not let comparison creep in about the other person is the same way that you don't let comparison creep in in any form or fashion. You do not compare yourself to any other person or human being on the face of the earth. You compare yourself to Jesus Christ, and that is the only, the only thing that you can aim to do, the only thing you can aim to be, the only thing that you should ever aim to be other than who you are is him. Um, Comparison just should not be involved in any aspect of your life, including that one. Um, You shouldn't have to worry about, that's not why they told you. They told you to be honest with you. They didn't tell you because they wanted you to be that person. Let me ask one thing because I'm getting texts from it, which is great. And I think we need to clarify, when should they have that talk? Because earlier we were saying, hey, don't have that on first day. Hey, I'm not, whoa, let's pump the brakes. So when, do you, when would you suggest they have that talk, or the, or the guy or girl, if it was, say, let's, for the, say, for instance, it's the guy initiating it. Tim, when, when is the time to have I it? Think the, I think the most important time is definitely during engagement. Um, like we were saying before, um, it's important, like uh, Evan was saying, that during engagement, you get to know the person on a different level than you did dating. Um, so that is one thing you should address because after engagement, you will be having sex. And if you don't tell that person that you did this, that could really hurt, uh, the other person that was actually a virgin. So to me, uh, doing it during engagement should be when you address that. And during the dating stage, um, we did, we, things, we did things differently, um, and I probably would have said, I would probably said it earlier, but I do not, um, I do not, I don't think that y'all should or anyone should, um, but during engagement, yes, for sure, because that is pre-marriage, preparing you for marriage. 
Ev, come on. Yeah, can I say one, one thing about that is I completely agree that there, it's that time of engagement or, or if you're the guy I almost feel too, if you're fixing to propose, that might be something that you have the power to bring up because you know that you're fixing to take it to that, to that place. But one thing about the comparison thing, and like Carly touched on this, but um, that's one amazing thing. When you're at, only when you're at that point in the relationship, but that's one amazing thing about our relationship with God and then also kind of as it's mirrored in, in a relationship with someone else is that you can be um, fully known and fully loved. And so um, God, part of, you're gonna find healing from God when you confess to him. But when you hide things from him, he can't show you that, that you're forgiven and that you're loved. And um, that's one of the ways I think that, yeah, at first you might, you might struggle with that comparison thought or, or whatever, but it's when you, you're not going to get over that until you're able to be fully known and fully loved in the same way that you would be in your relationship with Christ. Yeah, and I, I think it's just, you know, how earlier we were talking about some things are a judgment call, guys. I think the big thing we're saying is we don't think it should happen in your first month of dating. You know, it's like, and that's why we're so important talking about these physical boundaries because if we're fighting for these physical boundaries, one or if one of y'all has made a mistake, what you would call a mistake in the past, if the other one has, if both of y'all have, well, if we have these physical boundaries now, the past is the past. Paul's talking about forgetting by what's behind me, right? We set them now. That shouldn't come up. That's what we're saying. So when Tim and Carly is like, hey, we had mistakes in our past, but we had to set these boundaries down. It's so we don't get to that situation and then have to talk about it awkwardly in our second date or a second week of dating because now we've gone past our physical boundaries and we're like, well... I need to tell you something. You know what I mean? And so it's not just a, just like we said in the beginning, it's not, hey, you wait 67 days and four hours and three minutes, and that's when you can tell them if you no longer have your virginity. It's hard. It's a very hard thing. And so much of what the enemy wants to do, he wants to make you feel condemnation. He wants to bring you to it. He wants you to say, hey, when you say this, it's over. But that's where you got to have some kind of level. So I know if you're me and I, I'm with you guys in the sense of being single, I know that's hard to like engagement. I'm supposed to wait till I'm engaged to tell someone that. But what they're saying is yes, because you don't know. Even what Sid and Ever saying, you don't know if you're fully going to marry them. I, I mean, I have friends, guys, even, and this is not what we want, but they were engaged and they ended up calling it off. And so if you've shared all this stuff with them or if you've talked about your past and virgin or not, whatever it is, it's like now it's like, uh-oh, I've, I've caused this tie with this person. And so I think that what we would say to either gender. I, I would just wait out as long as possible and then when that conversation comes, as Evan said, I mean, as the man, the man would initiate something like that when it comes to boundaries, when it comes to what we need to talk about from the past. But we'd hope that's close to engagement. Does that mean some time needs to pass? Yeah. But we're hoping that you're seeking God and you're seeking some personal healing on your own. So when the time comes, you can share that. Does that make sense? There's no cookie cutter answer to that, though, because that's what's hard. Um, cool. That's a great question. I'm going to ask this to Tim and Carly, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. Since y'all are married... And some people in the crowd are, but not most. What are the realities of actually being married to someone? We hear a lot about the great parts. We want to hear about the other side that we have to face one day, too. It's good. Tim, yep. be careful. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but so during marriage um, or pre-marriage, you cannot expect that all your problems are going to go away when you get married. Uh, culture has kind of put it this way, that uh, singleness is at this level and uh, engagement is at this level. Now, marriage, you're, you're, you're up here, but that's not true. Um, actually, singleness and marriage, it, they're both, like I said, gifts. And um, Paul said it this way, those who marry will face many troubles in, in this life. And he said, I want to spare you um, from this, you know, spare you of this. Um, we have to really take that in consideration because actually before I got married, when I was praying about marrying her, I read that and I was like, Jesus, this, this is going <laughs> to be harder than, than I he think He said, so. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. So it lets me know and prepare me because Paul was single. He was not even married. And he said this. Um, so it was by the Holy Spirit that he said this. And so, man... It's, it's crazy because when you're single, you devote yourself to God. You're single. You can devote your time. You can uh, Wednesday night do elevation. You can do serve team Saturday night or Saturday day, do Dream Center, do all these things, get involved, and you can be fully devoted to God. But when you get married, no, you're devoted to God, and now I'm devoted to my wife. And now that we have a kid, now I'm devoted to my kid. So actually, that can work as a, a distraction 
to, to devotion to God or I can be devoted to God and, and, and use his commandments or his uh, decrees to help me in our relationship in every aspect of life. So uh, love is, you got to realize love is not a feeling. Uh, during the dating stage, um, yes, love is a feeling. Uh, love, even during engagement, is a feeling. Uh, you, it's, I mean, it's almost deceiving at, at times. But now in marriage, especially after a year, it's a choice. Um, it's a choice to come home after eight hours of work and, and be so tired. And then now I have to play with Titus. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I love it, but it's like, it's, it, it's, it's not what I want to do right now. I want to rest. But it's a choice. I have to do it because I know it's for the betterment of our family. So in marriage, you find out how selfish you are. You find out how, um, how stupid you are. Uh, you find out how, how, how inconsiderate you are. You know, and it, it, it's crazy. But it's like lifting weights. Uh, if, you, if you know what lifting weights, lifting weights suck. There's a pain to it. You know what I'm saying? There's a pain. We can tell, Tim. It sucks. <laughs> But the end result is far greater than the pain that you face during the training or the lifting aspect of it. So this is for a character building is to be more like Christ, to be more to be holy, you know, to be more like Christ. And that's what I got to say. Um, the one reality of marriage that people don't realize is marriage is something where you must continually change over and over again and develop to de develop into the spouse that God has called you to be. And so the reality to marry of marriage is it's giving up your right to ever be comfortable literally ever again. And I think it's also what we're called to be as Christ followers. It's giving up your comfort zone to become who Christ created you to be and become the wife of the husband that Christ has intended for you to be and you now have someone to call you out you have someone if you're straying away or doing something that you shouldn't be doing or acting a way you shouldn't be acting your spouse's job ordained by God to lovingly call you out and to let not let you settle into a place where you probably shouldn't be they're going to be able to call you out on that and there the voids and the insecurities that you have before marriage they are amplified in marriage and you see for yourself that a husband or a child, you see that, you experience that it, the void that you thought that would be filled by marriage, it, it cannot. The only voids, the only empty places that can be filled, they can only be filled by God. And um, you realize how selfish that you are. And then the hard part is once your spouse has helped you realize your selfish ways, the hard part is taking those steps to actually change or your marriage will become unhealthy. The hard part is not just to know that you're selfish. It's to take a step to no longer be selfish anymore. And you have to do it in order for your marriage to be healthy. And you realize how much behind the scenes work that is involved. And if a marriage is healthy, it didn't just happen. And lots of sacrifice that no one will ever see must take place. And not only must sacrifice take place, you must have joy in the sacrifice and doing that. And realizing, you also realize how much of a control freak you are. And, um, and that you have to like, at some point surrender control and you can't like dictate the way the whole earth functions. And your husband will let you know that you're a control freak. Um, and as a woman, and I want to specifically speak to the women. You must learn to submit and you must be strong enough to admit and to be weak. You must be strong enough to be weak and admit you that you need help. And you, you'll have to learn to trust his relationship with God enough to know that even if you do not agree with the decisions or you may not be equal on something that you have, a decision that needs to be made, you trust him enough and his relationship to God enough and know that he is going to God, that you can let that go and let him and God handle that and you give up um, your right to make a final decision when you get married. And it's actually great because it relieves a lot of pressure and it's actually a lot of freedom in it, but it is hard. And you'll have to learn to constantly prioritize what's important to you. And the more people, the, more, the husband and the more kids that you get, 
the more you have to stretch and the more you have to focus and fight for your focus. Because um, you can be pulled farther and farther away from where you're really trying to be at the feet of Jesus. And, but if marriage is done the right way, uh, oh, and I also wanted to mention that um, also not only are you going to have to constantly be uncomfortable, you have to challenge and encourage them to be uncomfortable. So you're not only trying to rise to the occasion, you're trying to get them to rise. And, um, it, but if marriage is done the right way, you will be sharpened and championed by someone to be all that Christ has called you to be like no other relationship on the planet. And the goal of marriage will then be at- obtained and that's holiness and not just happiness. Boom. Can you guys give it up for this panel? Come on, Elevation. It's getting late. Thank you all so much. We're going we're gonna to rapid fire some. I'm going to put you all on the spot, but it's one sentence. Sarah and Trev, what would you tell your single, single selves looking back right now? Quick one sentence response. What would you tell single Trevor? Don't rush it. Don't rush it. Sarah. Be content. Be content. Okay, so Evan and Sid, what would you tell your dating selves now that you're engaged? So three months ago, what would you tell yourself? I would just, okay, well, I don't know, scratch that, I don't know if it goes with dating. Don't settle. Whatever stage you're in, don't settle for anything less than you deserve and God's best for you. That's good. Ev? Yeah, I don't know about the, the yeah. change, but honestly, I would say uh, find, find someone that you trust that can, that can help you through this, like a mentor. Yep. Yeah, maybe it's not a change. Maybe it's what would you reinforce. So you, Tim and Carly, what would you tell someone, single dating or yourselves, what would you tell your single selves, dating selves? You got to talk in the mic. That's how that works. You want me to... She thinks quicker than I do. Well, all the things I'd say would take way longer than a sentence uh, to tell my younger self. Yeah, we'll, get you, we'll give you 10 sentences, too, so no, go ahead. The, I guess the number one thing is learn to surrender to God. Because it, before you can ever surrender and trust a man, you, you got to learn to do that with God. 